I'm author Mark Muncy. And I'm author Erica Lance. And this is Eerie Travels. Greetings, travelers. Greetings. Oh my gosh. It's 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 been a week, but it feels like it's been forever. So <laughs> I feel like it's been like 10 months. That's perfect. I know. It's, it's, we're back in we're back in the slow times. You know, we're we're you know, we we're too close to the black hole where everything speeds up. We're the opposite end of the ship where everything slows down. So oh my gosh, yeah. Speaking of black holes, did you see that they announced that black hole in space thing? Like that they blew it up and colored it in and oh yeah james james webb technology man we're, we're getting all kinds of fun stuff with that and they had the ai color it i'm like are, are we you know you know we're you know and then it's like heading kind of our way you know this isn't fun gang this isn't fun so and you know and you know and elon let's get those starships launching properly come on let's we, we all need to get out of here at some point we gotta we gotta get out of this galaxy let alone the solar system let alone this planet you know come on so yeah no there there's quite a quite a bit there right and it's gonna take you know this is not something that's gonna take a you know oh we'll do this in our next generation or the generation after us no this is gonna take lifetimes we know this but we got to make these baby steps now or we're never gonna out of here everybody's terrified of you know things that are gonna happen in the next five ten years it's like dude eventually the sun explodes or or we get hit by the Andromeda galaxy, one or the other. And either way, we got to be long gone. So Okay, I'm just going to point out that I don't know that you're starting this off with a lovely spark. Oh. <laughs> Power of positive thinking. Power of positive thinking. We're going to get out of here. Okay. <laughs> okay, so um, I have um, a news story because Ooh. we're going to do listener tales today. Oh my gosh, right? another another fun thing of lizards. And we finally got enough to do a second one. So this is great. Well, actually, we've been getting a ton, gang. Thank you so much for sending us those listener tales. Just go to the, the website, click on the send us a story or message us on Facebook or or any of the social medias, really. And then we're also getting you know comments from the YouTube channel now. So uh and we're being able to, you know, we're able to use those too. So yeah. thank you all so much for the participation. It that it 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 lets us know we're loved. Yeah. You know, oh my gosh. Erica and I have such fragile egos. So, yeah. Yeah. That's a problem. <laughs> that, that's a problem with both of us. But you said you have news. I do. I do. Well, you know, Paranormality Magazine, our friends there, oh. uh, please feel free to subscribe guys. If you use the code travelers, right? Travels. Travels. Yeah. Travels travels you'll get um uh 10 off or something like that but um, which is and you know you get and you can use it for the subscriptions or the digital subscriptions or even just the merch they have some really cool merch too that's true but and in this this i'm gonna just say in advance this was debunked but it's pretty neat to look at right oh yeah yeah is a man claims his ring doorbell recorded a flying angel yes it was it was beautiful. Yes. So. so Robert Mansfield, a father of three, um, captured footage of what he believes to be a flying angel on his ring doorbell cam. The video was taken by his partner, Stephanie Scott, while she and her son, Oscar Scott, were returning from a dog walk on March 7th. The mysterious mark appears above them in the night sky, then drifts upwards before vanishing altogether. 
So it's a really neat story. It's kind of a a little bit of a tearjerker story because um, he believes it's a guardian angel, but I think it was a moth, right? Or something? I think it's either a moth or a praying mantis. And that's the problem with these security camera footage. Everybody's convinced that these are the highest definition cameras in the world. We get this a lot with trail cam videos too. Oh, we saw... We saw, you know, uh, Bigfoot. We saw this on the trail cam, and it's this blurry, crazy thing. And that, you know, it's that's pareidolia, you know, seeing seeing what we want to see. Uh, this, it's obviously a bug that flew too close to the camera, and because it's the camera's not high definition enough, it it, it looks like that. I get that a lot from people who are asking, "Hey, I think I need a paranormal team out on my property because look at this." And and obviously, it's you know, it's look, it's a ghost, and it's it's a spider web, you know, yeah. too close to the camera, and you know, um, and and then, or it's you know, it's a moth, or or down here, palmetto bugs, or as everybody else calls them, roaches. You know. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and I'll say one of those coming at you can seem like a cryptid at times. Oh yeah, they're big and they fly, and uh, and and they sometimes carry heavy weapons. So, yeah, that's true. <laughs> and we're not saying everything can be explained, so I just want to say that no, in advance. Yeah, it, it you know I'm not saying it all is, and I'm not saying you know if you see some strange anomaly on your camera, don't send it in. I'm just saying don't be mad when 90% of it turns out to be something easily explainable. So you know you're not going to be on paranormal caught on tape every time. So that's that's very true. So we should say that in advance. Okay, so Mark, you want to dive into our listener tales? We're going to start with some YouTube comments, right? Yeah, I think we should. Uh, one of our favorite people who has been commenting on almost every episode, and thank you so much, because the more comments we get, the better it gets uh, for us. The algorithm loves us and finds us. So if you're not listening, if you're listening to us on Spotify or any of the other, you know, Apple podcasts and all that, thank you so much. Please leave your likes and subscribes and, you know, leave us your ratings. Uh, we're happy, even the bad ones, we're happy to hear them just because we want to know what we need to do to improve. Well, uh, that, we want to know what you think. I mean, we'd yeah. love to hear what you guys think out there. Even if you don't agree with me on the vampire thing, I know I'm still right. So, but you can tell us. <laughs> that definitely got us a lot of comments, but this one was actually from uh, our previous Listener Tales episode. Oh. So I thought appropriate to bring out and uh, we actually read his previous listener tale, uh, Jake, uh, Blindy, Blindy Sama Jake on YouTube. Uh, they replied again and said, uh, and because we didn't know what to call him, uh, he replied, Jake or Blindy is fine. I use talk to text, so apologies for any mistakes. I'm terrible about proofreading. I have a fun story about an old hospital that was in my area. It was bulldozed uh, now. The hospital was haunted for sure. Long story short, my dad was in there before the hospital closed, and that's how he found he had diabetes. And I encountered an elderly woman wearing a hospital gown. She was very nice, and I thought she was an actual person. My mother had come to find me, and when she approached us while while I was talking, uh, who I was talking to, and I said that nice lady, and she said that there was no one there. I turned where the old woman had walked away and she was no longer there. She was very sweet though. So Jake, thank you so much for sending us that again. And I do love that your brother reached out, uh, Micah, and he reached out and commented as well based on- Wait, 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 hold on just a second. I just wanna, I wanna thank this gentleman that he had a nice ghost experience. 
yes there's the, the, you know they're not all scary they're not all terrifying and yeah uh, yeah jake you're awesome and uh that's great um and hospitals definitely one of the most common things we places we get reported of ghosts and strange sightings um but his brother jake uh, or micah replied said jake's brother here and he was talking about where we had the listener tale last story where they were talking about their haunted house and uh jake said definitely lots of stories from that house and asked his brother did you ever see the guy at the top of the stairs we didn't get a reply to that so jake you gotta let us know did you ever see the 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 guy at the top of the stairs the i want to know that the, the the guy at the top of the stairs sounds terrifying. It's, it could be our 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 uh, hat man. So Jake's brother, we would like that story, please. Yes. Please send us that story because um, that sounds not good. I already got chills just by you reading. <laughs> Did you ever see the guy at the top of the stairs? Um, I'd like to hard pass on that. Is that an option? Can we hard pass on the guy? No, the we need the stairs? story. We need the story. So oh. yeah. Oh my gosh. But that's too much. That's too much fun. That's too much fun. Agreed. And I was very happy about the next ones because these came from our Mandela Effect episode. Oh. And uh, I knew we were going to get some feedback. I didn't know we were going to get as much feedback as we got. And this one's from Charles Mullen. It's my favorite. I went to see the big screen with my new wife to see Moonraker. And I remember her with braces. We're talking about Dolly's braces. The, oh, yeah. The, the big conspiracy. And then yet another one, Donald Blair. Oh, my God. Moonraker brought back so many memories. I remember the girl with the braces in love with Jaws. How is that wrong? I also remember the Monopoly guy having a monocle. Yeah, that's another Mandela effect where does he have a monocle? Doesn't he have a monocle? People remember him with the monocle, but he has never had a monocle. Uh, I think he doesn't one. i remember him with the monocle that's another mandela effect that's from the alternate history that he had the monocle because he doesn't so what now what? i'm looking this up first of all mandela effect we've gotten so many people at um no there's one with him with the monocle where is this from oh no it's a it's a mandela effect yeah, yeah it's saying this is what people remember versus what it is yeah we should say what the Mandela effect is. One more time. Yeah, yeah, go back to that episode, gang. It's, uh, uh, but it is basically where you have a memory of a certain thing happening and it didn't. And a lot of people share that memory with you, but it's not the real history. And we have lots of theories of why that is. And uh, you know, we still don't know. It's one of those great mysteries and it will be talked about by conspiracy theorists and people like us on podcasts for many, many, many years to come. Uh, but I'm still a fan of that it all didn't start till after the Hadron Collider started. So, you know, parallel universe. Oh my God, multiple dimensions, parallel universes, all sorts of memories. stuff. You, you totally screwed me up today, Mark, because I was like Monopoly guy. Of course he has a monocle. No, no, we're back. So we're going to have to do a follow-up on Mandela Effect at some point, I'm sure. Oh my God, follow-up on Mandela Effect. Okay. Well, right. you know what? I will throw this out there for our listeners since the Listener Tales episode. Send us your Mandela Effects. We would oh, love yeah. to see yours because there's so many and we can cover them in the show. One guy gave me a whole rundown of the one that he was most disturbed by at Megacon, which was Fruit Loops. How do you spell loops and Fruit Loops? Isn't it L-O-O-P-S? Right. But uh, uh, and F-R-U-I-T, right? 
I would think so. now you're, I don't know. I don't even want to say anything anymore. I keep fucking things up. What is Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, he had it as fruit loop cereal, no S. And then the fruit was F-R-U-T-E. And I think that's from Fruit Brute, which was a monster cereal. And he's gotten those two confused. But he gave me no end of, you know, 20 minute diatribe on why that is a Mandela effect as well. And uh, and that that was a cereal that changed from the 70s to the 80s. And um, it's 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 a fun dive. And like I said, these people who have their Mandela effects are very, you know, that's their hill to die on. And mine is Dolly had braces. So, you know, Dolly from Moonraker had braces. 100 percent. I will die on that hill. Oh, no, I, I think you and many others will die on that hill, apparently. Oh, my God. So um, in 1959, I'm going to dispel this Fruit Loops thing. Okay. In 1959, this cereal that is now F-R-O-O-T-S, F-R-O, whatever, was originally called Fruit Loops spelled the way fruit is spelled. Right. And in 1959, it. it was originally spelled that way. Yeah, and they changed it in the 70s, right? Yeah. Now he's saying it was never spelled that way. No, it was in 1959. It absolutely was spelled that way. And that's what I, yeah, I, I, you know, whoever you were, I apologize. I think that one is a, just a misremember. So I, I, it, yeah, it looks like, yeah, it looks like many, maybe it wasn't changed in the seventies. This is starting a whole thing. Anyway. Welcome to the Mandela effect. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. I'm not going down that rabbit hole. That's, we don't have did, time that's what that. happened to me with Moonraker. <laughs> oh my gosh. Like, I feel like my brain is broken now. What the heck? Oh okay. my God. Yeah. But we do love seeing the people in person. So please come yes. out to the events that we're at. We would love to see you. Yes. We, we've done some recently. We've got more coming up. Um, uh, I believe as this one airs, we're going to be gearing up for Small Town Monster Fest in uh, early June. Yes. In Canton, Ohio. Uh, that's a long trip for me. So you guys better make it worth my while. No, it's going to be awesome. It's uh, the guys, uh, Seth Breedlove and the team from Small Town Monsters. I helped them with their documentary on the trail of UFOs, Dark Skies years ago. Uh, but they also do our good friend Shannon LaGrove into the fray. She's one of their hosts. And uh, they, they're premiering a couple new documentaries and they're also going to, it's going to be their first festival. So, you know, come on out. It should be a lot of fun. It's a one day, uh, early June, please come out. Yeah, no, that's one of them. You can find everywhere we're going to be um, uh, on um, our Erie Troubles website. You can yep. find out where we're going to be. The appearances this. tab, it's got, it links also on our Facebook page. We, we try to, we try to link them all there too. So, yeah. So we'll try to keep you up to date so you can come stalk us. Cause there's many places we will be. Yeah. Okay. And I, oh, and by the way, people have been messaging me on my TikToks because uh, they say, Oh wait, you're up in Alabama. You're up in Georgia. I record those TikToks as I travel. Uh, they don't get broadcast immediately. So yeah, you may see me in Mississippi when I'm still in Florida. It's, you know, it don't, don't, don't try to track me through that. It ain't going to work. <laughs> yeah, we are not one of those people that's sitting around waiting for somebody to find us. Yeah, that's yeah, not a yeah. Thing. So you're not going to be yeah. able to bump in. You may bump into us on some strange trail or some haunted location, but, uh, you know, by sure luck. But it's... Or you may bump into the ultimate dimension version of us. Let us know if they're nice. We'd like to know. Let, the one like. that says Dolly didn't have braces. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Listener tales. I get to go first. 
All right. All right. I'm, I'm going to do a little one. This is a little, this is a baby listener tale. It hey, was sent to us by a gentleman named Gene. Hey. It says in central Kentucky, my dad and his family all used to tell stories about a snake-like creature that was as big as a log that stayed around a place that they lived when he was a child. My grandpa said it had to be at least 16 feet long. They said they saw it in the winter and the summer, but that it moved much slower in the winter. Papa used to say that he hit it with an ax and it didn't even act like anything more than an annoyance. This might've been an exaggeration to scare us kids out of the woods, but they told us, they told it for the truth. That's, you know, papas and Mimas, man, they, uh, they know their stuff. I, I had a papa and a mama who told me ghost stories and monster stories. And that's look where I am now. So, well, uh, and also we talked to him on one of our episodes about the dragons. Like yeah. The and the crosswick serpent and, yeah. uh, and all that. And that is not too far from central Kentucky. That's a little further North than Ohio, but those the Ohio river goes right through there. The little Miami river goes right through there. These rivers all go down there. And uh, you know, on their way to the Mississippi and all that. So, so your papa and grandpapa, I don't know if it's papa, whatever, yeah. um, could be completely correct in this with the serpent situation because again, it's very funny. Somebody shared with me, um, and I should share this the missing person. Um, like if you look at where the most missing people are in the United oh. States along the yeah. cave system. And they, they match up, you know, yeah. Close. Yeah, that was uh, Dave Pilates uh, from Missing 411 was the first person to kind of figure that out. But if you also look at that, that's also kind of where, you know, the most people are from. You know, the places where there aren't many people missing are places where nobody lives. So <laughs> it's uh, it's like like the desert, you know, and, uh, you know, and things like that. So. I, I don't like to burst everybody's bubble on that one. You are um, doing a lot of bubble bursting this episode, Mr. I just want to say I I am all for it. I don't I don't like being down in those caves. The Mammoth Cave system scares the hell out of me, and the fact that we don't know where it goes, and the fact that there are people in there mapping it every weekend and finding new things scares me you know and and you know and, and we everybody talks about oh we haven't explored under the oceans yeah but we also haven't explored under our feet. Uh, yeah, you know, it's, so. it's terrifying. I'm just saying there could be a serpent there and you're negating oh, yeah. that. And no, I think I it's accurate. A, I am a hundred percent that I think there's, there's more down there than meets the eye. So, and if you ever watch the descent by the great Neil Marshall, you'll never want to go into a cave again. So you know. this is a true story. So Mark, my friend. All right. You. So I got a nice beefy one here. Uh, and uh, this one is from a listener called Michael, and he was talking about the Buffalo Ranch haunting in Colorado. So we don't we don't talk a lot of West Coast here, so or or, or even Western U.S. Uh, just because Eric and I are East Coast people, but we do love that stuff. So we are going to head that way when we can. Please yes. if you have events out there that would like us to come, you know, or you would like us to come to them. Have them send us an email. And we'll be happy to come out there and then we can tie it into some research. But uh, anyway, Michael sends this. He's like, I grew up at the Genesee Buffalo Ranch just west of Denver, Colorado. My father is still the ranch's caretaker and lives in the two-story house built by the Patrick family in the 1860s. 
Headed west from Missouri, the Patricks and their five boys built the house and operated a stagecoach on Genesee Mountain or Genesee Mountain. I think it's Genesee Mountain. Uh, when we moved into the house, the former caretaker lived in a house trailer in the backyard. His wife would not set foot in the main house because she saw strange things and said the house was haunted. When I was about 12, I remember a night when my mother was upstairs screaming hysterically as our dog barked loudly at the wall. Hey, we talked about animals not too long ago. My dad and I ran upstairs to see what the commotion was all about. When we arrived, she related that she had seen a floating, glowing green ball go down the hall and disappear through the wall. I slept with the covers over my head for the next several weeks. Here, here. Uh, the next haunting came about six months later, a night that still feels as if it happened yesterday. As I was sleeping, my father woke me up and asked me if I could hear music in the house. Barely, I could make out the faint sounds of a fiddle or violin. Dad had already checked all the radios and they were not turned on. We searched for the music source and went downstairs where you hear the music coming from the upper story and then vice versa. When we went outside, we could still hear the music coming from the house. We continued to hear the haunting music a couple of more times that same year. A few years later, we received a book from a local historian describing the complete history of the house and the Patrick Jenner family, information that was unknown to us until we read the book. The first murder in Jefferson County happened in our front yard in the 1870s when one of the Patrick brothers shot and killed another brother in a dispute over a dog. The brother he killed was known to be very lazy, and the only thing he liked to do was sit around and play his fiddle. When oh I read this, I remembered the fiddle music during those nights. A cold electric sweat ran through my body. I like that phrase. Good, good turn of phrase there. We also found out that the boy's father is buried somewhere in the yard, but there is no marker. The house has been peaceful for several years now, and hopefully the Patricks are now at peace. I still get a chill when I hear fiddle music. Yeah. Oh, oh man. Okay, I just got whoa. So many, so many goosebumps. I just had goosebumps on top of goosebumps. Yeah, geez, that's that's a little wild, right? Nope. Nope. So I first I have questions. I have some layers of questions. My first question is, how big was this glow, glowing green ball that your mom freaked out about? I guess because of our experiences with paranormal and hearing paranormal stories, I don't know that a green floating ball would freak me out that badly. I mean, we, we talked about this in the episode recorded recently with my daughters talking about the ghosts here and said you couldn't join us for that, but I'm sure you're going to enjoy listening to it. I will. Uh, but they talk about a floating blue ball that they've seen in the house that I've never seen. So, um, but some of their friends have seen it too. And I'm, I'm curious because I want to see that and I want to see how I react to it. Well, um, you're probably not going to see it because obviously it doesn't want you to. You've been there yeah. forever and you've never seen it. But... It is really interesting about the fiddle music and the moving because I think we've all had kind of experiences where we hear a noise and you move around and you're hearing the same noise. Like yeah. the noise is not changing where dimension or yeah. Yeah. Are you hearing it in your head or are you hearing it hearing it? You know? Yeah. We uh my buddy uh Chip, uh, who is hard of hearing, 
we were recently done because I had my ear surgery and I was somehow I couldn't hear out of this ear, but except I get tinnitus in it so I can hear some ringing in it. So I know my healing hearing's coming back just a matter of time, but he was joking that, you know, he's had tinnitus his whole life and he could kind of, sometimes it sounds like a band tuning up and sometimes he can even figure out which song they're tuning up to. <laughs> oh my goodness. I was like, I was like, yeah, if, uh, yeah, that's, that's kind of fun. And, uh, and uh, yeah. I think it's interesting that somebody's a book going, here's what's haunting your place. That's nice. Yeah. Yeah. The family history books are always fun. It, it's amazing what you can find out when you go to your local history archives and just ask, uh, you know, uh, in some of the bigger cities, it's a little trickier because, you know, they, they, the archives have to fight with the, the, the local museums and the local museums may have it, or the local library may have it. And a lot of the local libraries just throw away the stuff to get donated because, you know, honestly, you know, yes, your dad has a lot of great collectible books, but if you donate them to the local library, they're not going to do anything. And if you sell it to an estate sale, it's going up to thrift books, you know, pretty quick or your goodwill. So yeah. uh, it's a shame because, but sometimes that's guys like me who like finding these oddball paperbacks for a dollar. That's great. But uh, yeah, so yeah, but the family history books, those, when those turn up, you'd be surprised some of the stuff you find in those. So yeah. So feel free to bring them to us, send them to us. We'd love to read them because family histories can be weird, but I think it's really interesting also that he throws in the end that the dad is buried somewhere in the yard. Yeah. Kind of like, meh, like. Hey, you know, up until, you know, ex the, you know, especially these older towns, 1800s towns, before there were towns, you know, these were just settlements and yeah, you were buried in your backyard because why bother? You know, it's, um, and, and generally, like, as we discussed previously, cemeteries and all that aren't founded until a guardian dies. Yeah. Really a soldier or that's why so many cemeteries start with the military graves. Um, but that's also why in Europe, they sometimes would kill a pet to guard the cemetery, which, you know, I'm sorry, Callie, but that's, you know, many a puppy are guarding graveyards. So. Well, yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. Terrifying. Actually, um, had somebody tell me a graveyard ghost story the other day on mm. the Drinking with Authors podcast. Oh, they, they said that um, that they were walking through a cemetery and there was like a an embankment where there was a bunch of trees and like a forest thing and then another side, kind of like a little valley where the graves were. And they were about 10 or 12 feet in front of their mom and they were 10 years old. And this black form comes out of the graveyard and goes across into the forest that looked like a person, but it never touched the ground. Mm. Like clear as day, they saw the outline of a person. Well, Maybe watch out for the shadow the people. Yeah, definitely not a lady in white. No, yeah. well, I'm still convinced the lady in white is a demon anyway. Yeah. Um, or some other kind of creature. That's a whole different topic, I think. <laughs> well, okay. before, before we go to the break, let me read this this next short one. I think this yes. next short one's pretty good. So uh, uh, this one is from Jay Edwards. And he said, a friend and I were sharing stories last night and I told him about the UFO I saw one night and he responded with a story of his own. He said that he was around 10 or 11 and was staying with one of our friends overnight when he looked out the window and saw what he describes as a Nosferatu-type creature looking at him. 
the way he described it is it was upside down looking inside the window like it was on top of the roof pale white skin long pointed ears human type face has anyone heard any stories of similarities by the sound of it it sounds as though the creature realized he was spotted and went out of sight we live out here in kentucky if that helps out anybody so this there's a lot to unpack here oh my god first of all kentucky seems to be a theme today that's where our audience is we love you guys and that's where i'm i spent all my childhood in kentucky so i can't go wrong with that I'm not uh, saying it's bad. I'm just saying it's funny that two well, of these stories are funny so about far. that is that at the beginning he's talking about the UFO he saw he's talking about, but he doesn't write that in our email. So it's like, come on, guy, let's let's get that email. Mr. Jay. Jay Edwards, we need your UFO story. Yes, okay. yes. Uh and then now what gets me about this is this stands out in my mind of another Kentucky story, and that is the Hopkinsville goblins which I don't think we've done, but they're in my book, uh, Erie Appalachia, available from fine booksellers anywhere. Uh, but uh, the uh, the Hopkinsville Goblins is a famous encounter where a family meets basically ETs, little green men is coined from this encounter. Uh, they were the first, but they were actually gray, which is funny. Uh, and they had are flying at this house and the, of course the house fights them off with shotguns and chases them away but one of the famous things is it drops down from the roof and that's how they knew they were on the roof is they can see one peeking in to the roof now the nosferatu style face which for those of you who don't know what nosferatu is we're talking about the original 1920s silent film version of uh, that starred max shrek and uh, Sheridan, oh, I can't remember the director's name now. Oh, I'm going to get so much grief. The director was Werner Herzog. Herzog. Uh, and uh, it's one of the greatest silent movies of all time. And it was banned because it basically ripped off Dracula, the whole story. And uh, it was just called Count Orlock. Uh, and the, the actor who played him was named Max Schreck, which is obviously a screen name because Max Schreck is just a Greek, uh, German for Max maximum terror. Uh, not a real name. Uh, so we really don't know who played this vampire and it was remade uh, a number of times and he's got the bald head. He's got the rat like teeth, really long gated fingernails. You'll see pictures of them. Uh, of course uh, we talked about what we do in the shadows that Peter was based on uh, you know, yeah. the Nosferatu style. So um and uh, and now we've got the last voyage of the Demeter uh, coming out this August, and that's going to have that type of vampire in it too. So yeah, I get that image. It's you know bulbous head, so it's very gray alien, uh, just a little more desiccated, and that's kind of what the Hopkinsville goblins were—the early grays. So this, and you're in Kentucky, which is not far from Hopkins. Hopkinsville is in Kelly, Kentucky, or near Kelly, Kentucky. So you know, it is what it is. So, so is it a vampire? Is it an alien or is it a I, goblin? I think this is a, a vampire. I think this is uh, not a vampire. I think this is an alien. I'm kidding. I don't think a vampire would be peeking in your window. Uh, as we know, vampires sparkle in the twilight. As we oh, know, do, they do are the not dominant. even start. I still prove my point on that. But it's very interesting because there was, um, there's another theory I'm going to throw out there and then we're going to go on a break. And oh, send me horrible comments about this but do you remember um chud 
the cannibalistic humanoid underground dwellers? Yes. No. So, no of course I remember. <laughs> I am going somewhere with this, Mr. Munson. I'm excited to hear this. Well, I kind of wonder because there are there's a lot of talk about people who live off the grid, super live off the grid, that are in the mountains, whatever, right? Yep. But there are people that have been found to live in caves and be more nighttime dwelling people. Hmm. You know, because again, it's kind of like the, and you know, I'm sure we'll do an episode on this at some point, but like the blue people, right? Oh yeah, yeah. And so, and there are, and it's a doc, documented medical condition that can occur that turns your skin blue. Um, but I kind of also wonder, is this some of an actual person that maybe has been living out of the sun too long? Cause that creates a lot of very interesting effects when you don't get vitamin D, which is why we need to go into the sun for vitamin D, vitamin K, things like that. Right. Yep. And guess what's underneath this area in Kentucky is the mammoth cave system. So it could be friends of our serpents uh, that live down there and, and do all that. So yeah, this is uh going all the way back. Do you see how I brought we it? Circled, we circled, we circled, look at that. So, and I think on that note, ladies and gentlemen, it is time for a word from our sponsors talking about going around in circles. Exactly. Erie Appalachia. Gear up for a frightful jaunt into the darkest reaches of the ancient Appalachians. Folks deep within the Appalachian hollers lean close to the campfire to share stories of the inexplicable with hushed awe. Monsters rumbling in the hills, strange lights darting through the pitch black night sky, horrible occurrences almost ineffable in their bizarre tragedy. Tall tales, you might say. Tell that to the Flatwoods monster in Braxton County, West Virginia, or the Goat Man of Louisville. Look into his humanoid eyes and let him know you don't believe. What of those apparitions in Mammoth Cave's Corpse Rock or the Satan Spawn known as the Jersey Devil? How do you respond when confronted by these mysteries? From the metaphysical energy that swirls near Serpent Mound in Ohio to Point Pleasant's Mothman Legacy, Mark Muncie and Carrie Schultz explore the dark history lurking in the shadows of Appalachia. Read by Mark Muncie, author and experts on strange folklore with appearances on shows such as Ancient Aliens, The Curse of Robert the Doll, and many, many more. Greetings, mortals and others. I'm Dick Terhune, the voice from hell. I work with haunted attractions all over the U.S., Canada, and Europe to increase audiences and enhance their experience with highly effective commercials, narrations, animatronic character voices, whatever your dark heart desires. Let me help you do more, scare more, profit more. Find out more at Voice From Hell on Facebook and at voicefromhell.com. And we're back. We're back. We're back. We're back. I, I love listening to some of those. Uh, I, I love our OG, uh, Dick Terhune. He's uh, he says he's gotten quite a bit of response from us, so he's very happy. So, oh, cool, but, cool. Uh, but if you guys haven't, just go to his website. If nothing else, just to listen to some of his free stuff. Man, if you have a little home haunt and you want to spook some people, he's got some great, just some little freebie voiceovers. Oh man, so good. Oh gosh, agreed, agreed, agreed. Okay. Um and and go back. Okay, let's talk. Oh, I have a good one. Here we go. Yes, I I I'm excited to hear this one. 
I am too. It involves the words Girl Scout. I had just saw that. When I saw that, I was like, oh yeah, Erica's got to have this one. So Okay. So this is from a Trisha Bloom. So hello, Trisha. Here we go. Um, last summer, my daughter and I spent a weekend at a local Girl Scout camp. I don't want to name the camp and damage its reputation, but something seriously spooky happened to us there. Whew. Oh, there's already unfortunate things at girl. I have a Girl Scout camp story, but it doesn't involve ghosts, but let's continue on. Okay. <laughs> this camp is in the Southeast in a heavily wooded area near the mountains. It's a beautiful place complete with a waterfall pond and scenic hiking trails. We'd gone there every year for an annual mother-daughter retreat. And before last summer, we'd never had any problems. The night of the incident, we made s'mores and sang silly songs around the campfire. Okay, I effing love s'mores. I'm just going <laughs> to say that. Like any opportunity that I can burn a marshmallow and put it between graham cracker and chocolate, I'm a thousand percent for it. S'mores. Have you, have you seen the National Park Service's new Twitter they, they, whoever they hired is just amazingly brilliant, uh, has been some of the best marketing ever. And one of their ones just the other day was uh, uh, s'mores are just like people. Sometimes they fall apart, but we still love them. <laughs> yeah, right? Oh, my God, I love that. Yeah, that's whoever hired that guy or girl. Amazing. So, yeah, that person is amazing. Hopefully it's Cocaine Bear doing the tweets. So it's all good. Oh, hey, Cocaine Bear could do a tweet any day of the week. For those that don't know, and I'm sure if you're listening to us, you've listened to our Cocaine Bear episode. Cocaine Bear is on tour right now. Yeah, like you can go been... see him at conventions in a spot near you. We will be at Scarefest uh, in uh, Lexington this October. Uh, yeah. Uh, and we will be there that weekend as guests ourselves. And Pablo Escobar himself is a guest there. So you'll definitely come on down. Come see him. Come see us. Maybe we can yeah. arrange a mutual photograph session. Oh, man. Yeah. Do the, you know, a, a three shot. There you go. So, yeah. You get both of us and more, the more important, the bear. Okay. And here we go. Had the Skyline Chili. And, and, <laughs> you know, and it'd be awesome. Okay. So we made s'mores and sang silly songs around the campfire. I love it. Around 930, everyone headed to their cabins for bed. Because of a no-show, my daughter and I had our own cabin near the pond. Nice. There was no AC, so the cabin was pretty stuffy and uncomfortable. My daughter fell asleep immediately, but I tossed and turned, trying not to think about the heat. I feel you on that one. Oh, um, outside, I could hear frogs trilling by the pond and the occasional gust of wind. Around midnight, I know the time because I had just looked at my phone, the frog sounds abruptly stopped as if someone had flipped a switch. I do not like that at all. Mm. I thought it was odd, but I didn't think anything of it. Then I heard an odd rumbling in the sky. Mm. It sounded like an airplane flying overhead, but the sound just went on and on echoing through the hills. I don't know why, but the noise made me extremely uneasy. I tried covering my head with a pillow and convincing myself it was just a plane, but somehow I knew that wasn't right. After about 10 minutes, what? 10 minutes? Oh my God, I wouldn't have lasted 10 minutes. No, I would have had to go outside and see what the hell's going on. Yeah. It's, okay, so we're hiding under our pillow 10 minutes. The airplane droning sound stopped as abruptly as the frogs had. At that moment, it was dead silent. Ooh. Ooh. Ooh, I'm getting goosebumps. Ooh, ah! 
Okay, I felt like my daughter and I were the only people for thousands of miles until someone started pounding on the cabin door. Bam, bam, bam. My heart started racing so fast, I thought I might have a heart attack. My daughter woke up screaming and crying. As I rushed up to the top bunk, the pounding started again. Who's there? I yelled. There was no answer, so I yelled the question again. Nothing. At this point, my daughter was totally freaking out, and I wasn't far behind. I'm totally freaking out, and I wasn't oh, even there. Well written. I love yeah. this. Well, well, well recalled. Yes. I wanted desperately to turn on the lights, but the switch was right next to the door, and whoever was outside tried to, oh, if, if whoever was outside tried to come in, I'd be within easy reach. Agreed. I couldn't help but think of the Oklahoma Girl Scout camp murders. Oh, 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 that man. has to be horrible. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And if, if you don't know what that is, there is an amazing um, 2020 special about yeah. that. I would say, yeah, that, I think they've re-released it on YouTube for free. So it's pretty crazy. Yeah, there's a yeah, there's a whole very uh, good 2020 that goes over what the Oklahoma Girl Scout camp murders were. Worse, I couldn't call anyone because there was no signal in the camp. Ugh. Feel that. After what felt like an eternity, I climbed back down from the top bunk, ran over to the switch and turned on the lights. Once my eyes had adjusted to the glare, I noticed a weird green haze in the cabin. Oh. oh, oh my gosh, my goosebumps on top of goosebumps on top of goosebumps right now. I hoped it, I was imagining things, but then my daughter asked if there was smoke in the air. Oh, <sighs> I wish I could say I summoned the courage to open the door, or even look out the window, window, but I didn't. My daughter and I sat up all night with the lights on, confused and terrified. No one pounded on the door again. The haze faded away. The frogs resumed their trilling. Eventually morning came and we left the cabin when we heard the other campers walking around outside. I asked one or two of them if they had heard anything weird in the night, but they all said no. After that, my daughter and I quickly packed up the car and left. <laughs> I told the counselors we had to leave because she was sick. Oh, wow. I have no idea what to make of any of it. The sounds, the pounding, the haze. All I know is that my daughter and I are never going back to camp again. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I would say the only mistake made there was not telling the the camp that an odd incident occurred so that way they could mark it. You know, again, I am all of, I know you're afraid people are going to think you're crazy, all that, but that stigma has to go away so we can mark these things. So, you know, and um, I know you sent us that email. You didn't want to say which camp it was, but I would like to know for my files. I promise I won't, you know. If you email us, we promise we will not say anything publicly, whatever. Just but... say a strange incident occurred. And if you could give us kind of a time frame, it sounds like it was fairly recent. Uh, that way I can just put strange occurrence. Any further information, please contact X, you know, and I can even just make it me. Yeah. So, but, so um, Mark, what do we think this, I mean, I immediately go to UFO. Uh, the, the humming sounds very like that, but that also is a sound of some of the flying humanoids seem to make, uh, is a, is a hum sound, you know, that, uh, people call the, the Chicago Mothman supposedly made that sound, but 
that's why some people say oh it's a drone it's not really a you know a, a monster but no this is this goes way back some of these these this humming sound the the roaring sound uh i mean that's why they called them thunderbirds for a long yeah. time is they sounded like thunder that would echo for a long period of time uh so that's was my first thought uh but then the green haze again then immediately i started thinking okay that's portal-ish alien-ish it could be many things the knocking on the door that could be anything if you don't especially if you don't open it so hopefully i uh, agreed my you know in the middle of the night everything's dead quiet and then suddenly some pounds on the door and there's a green haze yeah it's probably best not to open the door but you could at least say who is it yeah well, and she did <laughs> she tried to get them to respond yeah, yeah. who's there yeah. who's there yeah, there and yeah no reply so yeah with no reply yeah then you're then immediately fight or flight kicks in um and if you can't go i'd armed up i like that they literally just jump back under the covers because yeah. covers are magical they protect you well and you know i i first of all i'm very sorry you and your daughter went through this yeah because, that's terrifying you know i'm sure you have good experiences at camp and stuff like that but it it's true is that the more remote you get and this is not saying don't be remote right no no but there are things that are unexplained in this world and there are things that we don't understand. And, you know, the fact of the matter is this could, could have been anything. Um, I always feel that when you stop hearing animals, it is a very good indicator of something very dangerous because the animals will keep going. Like if you're ever out at night and you hear something walking around in the brush and you're whatever, well, if you're still hearing the crickets and you're still hearing the night creatures not saying that it can't be a bear and stuff but a lot of times even with a bear it goes more quiet because it's a predatory animal yeah. and that is a really good indicator that something dangerous is there because those things don't want to be found either so i i thank you so much for that story that was amazing and uh and I, I'd love to know more, uh, as always. I always want to know more. I'd love to, you know, we'd love to have you on. You could talk about it, you know, and uh, if you want. But, uh, you know, it sounds like, you know, you did what you had to do. And I, I like that you you recalled that so well. It reads like a, you know, a, a, you know, a wonderfully written short story. So I was very pleased exactly. with that. One. You took all the joy of the s'mores away. That I was oh. <laughs> Okay. Okay. I'm going to do another one. And then there's another long one you get to do. Oh, okay. Great. Well, you got a nice, you got a nice one too. Yeah. Here we go. Central South Carolina. This is from Martin Hayden. Martin. Thank you. Martin says I work as a surveyor, never had anything really weird happen until today. Are you listening to our podcast? We might bring about it. Okay. We forgot a piece of equipment, so my coworker had to drive about 60 minutes back to get it. While I'm alone down a long, oh, sorry, down long a swamp bottom. Okay, wait. While I'm alone down long a swamp bottom along the broad river, I was hiking looking for a point. I feel like I'm not saying that right. No, I, I think you're right. I think it just. Okay. Okay. Looking for a point, I heard a giant rustling noise, like I jumped, like I jumped, like a large animal. 
Understood. Okay. We just said it stirred up something. So yeah, jokingly yelled, "You ain't getting me to say you pecker would ask when when to go." Oh my gosh, <laughs> bringing up when when to go. Ooh, about. 10 or 15 minutes or so later, I'm walking along the river brink through some brush and I can hear my coworker calling out my name and trying to get my attention through the other side of it. But I knew damn well he wasn't there near me at the point in time because he had been several miles away. I said, yeah, no can do pal. And I continued the way I was going and didn't go towards the sound of my name. Oh. Oh, yeah. Oh, so this is, ooh, I got chills at the end. Yeah. So it's a little confusing reading it, but this is one of those where you hear a noise and it's calling your name yeah. and nobody's there. Yeah. Yes. You don't, if you hear your name in the woods at night, unless you know that that person is looking for you, you do not respond. Or during the day. Just or during the day, anywhere. The rule. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's. That's the Fay trying to get you, or the Wendigo, or the, or the, the hide it, behind, or the, the hide behind, or the boo hags. Mm -hmm. Hide behind or boo hags. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, if you're, <laughs> if you're in a remote part of remoteness and this happens, just, yeah, nope out of there. You did the I right liked thing. His, I liked his battle cry. You ain't getting me to say you peckerwood ass Wendigo. I love that. I love it. I love it. Just yes. Yeah. If something calls your name, this I believe that is the scientific name for uh for the Wendigo is the Peckerwood ass Wendigo. That's the South Carolina one. It's it's kind of like the blue starling Wendigo of the Northeast. It's the, the South Carolina branch is the Peckerwood ass Wendigo. Yeah. Martin, you made a good choice there. And just anybody yeah, listening. No can do That's all you gotta say. When something calls your name in the woods, go, no, thanks. I'm good. Yeah. I'm go. good. Go the other direction. As yeah. a hard and fast rule, the eerie travelers here will tell you if something calls out your name and it's not somebody that um, you are expecting to call out your name and you know exactly when they're there, because it will sound like... Like I said, that know, sounded like his friend, but he knew yeah. his friend was 60 miles away. So yeah, yep, yeah, nope. Yeah. So As, um, We used to hear friends and family occasionally and we would know, okay, no, 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 because that person is elsewhere. So, nope. Yeah, just nope. That needs to be the rule. Nope, go the other direction. All right. So uh, this next one came to us, and I was very happy to get this one because this is all this is a beast. Uh, okay. So uh, you guys are gonna buckle up. Um, and I apologize if I mispronounce some of the words and some of the names here but it's from Nia Nelson. And this one, man, it's it's a rabbit hole within a rabbit hole. And I loved it reading this one. So I'm, I'm loving sharing this one for you all. So, um, and this is how it starts. Uh, I think it's time I tell you all of the story when the lights went out in West Virginia since I'm sick and fell in sinister with a smiley emoji. Uh, it was a warm summer night in June of 2021. Life was good. COVID was slowing down and I was in West Virginia on a vacation slash baby shower attendee for my current roommate at the time. I was with my boyfriend at the time. And if I wasn't, only the mountains know what I would have done. <laughs> so we were staying in our Airbnb and this is the last night we stayed. We were supposed to stay till my birthday, the 20th, two days later but left early seeing how shaken up I was. 
I just come back from Ripley and Cottageville seeing family and saying my farewells. And I get back to our Airbnb and my boyfriend is waiting for me. I promised him that we would walk down into the creek behind our Airbnb to see the waterfalls and whatnot. Now this Airbnb being in Charleston, that's kind of unheard of. So we go down in the creek and I get a pit in my stomach to leave as soon as I'm with my boyfriend and he seems fine. We walk down the creek together just a little further. My boyfriend soon after walking for five minutes stopped and said, we should leave. I asked him why and he said that the deer was looking at us. Now, there were deer when we went into the woods, so I just assumed it was normal putting off the stories and whatnot to alarm and, and whatnot to not alarm my boyfriend, seeing as he was already sketched out. I turned around and said, yeah, let's go. And we simply walked away. Time goes by, 8, 9, 10 p.m., 11 come by, and it's time for us to smoke. So we go out on our balcony and smoke and look into the yard. And there it is, looking up at me. Pondering what my next move will be, it's in dear form. What would it do? Now I'm sketched out and tell my boyfriend to come inside, telling him to politely lock all the doors and windows and cover any opening with curtains. Now he knew then that shit was going down when I said that. Me being a practicing witch and him not. He even knew it was time to turn the outside lights on and put salt by any opening including the door to the downstairs. Yes, downstairs, where all the electrical and Wi-Fi and water uh, and start winding down. Now, as I started to wind down after salting the openings and taking a shower with my boyfriend, we start to run out of hot water. Unusual, since I only showered earlier that morning, and this is the only water-consuming task we've done, so I say, let's just go to bed. While we were unwinding, we thought we kept seeing distorted face in the front door. Now, as I say it, this definitely was, so now as I start to fall asleep in my boyfriend's arms, the power goes out, which is not possible since all the other surrounding houses have power, and even the streetlight by the shed out front has power, which turned out wishing me it never did. As I just try to fall asleep, I hear my name and my boyfriend's name called from downstairs. Ugh! Okay. Ooh. Ooh. We're about the halfway point. Oh, oh my, my goodness. Yeah. Like, I I don't like any of this that's happening right now. Yeah, I mean, this is this is a little bit of a not deer, I think they're talking about, which is a kind of a more creepy pasta urban legend thing, but it's being seen a lot. So it's one of those is is nature creating a, a thing because of groupthink. Uh, I'm not sure. But, well, there uh, are also some other creatures that have looked like deer. Like there are some, where is this taking place in? This is in Charleston, West Virginia. And no. uh, talking about there's not like a lot of waterfalls in Charleston, West Virginia. I kind of know this area because I grew up near there. I think this is over near where the old Sunrise Trail used to be, which does have a big waterfall that goes right down a mountain, right into the Canal River. But there are a couple of deer creatures that... Um, are oh. cryptids that are seen not just creepy pasta there are deer creatures seen on the side of the roads and stuff like that yeah okay continue continue your story right. i'm freaked out but continue so we heard noises downstairs well here's the best part so back to the story let's keep in mind that me or my boyfriend don't have keys to downstairs and the airbnb owner was in california for the week and hadn't texted he'd be coming home early 
So I pull my phone close and turn the brightness down and text the owner asking if he was back early. And he said, no. Okay, cool. Uh -oh. Did he have someone come in to check on us? No. Okay, maybe my roommate trying to prank us or something and the owners are in on it. No. I ask him to politely check his cameras. Nothing. Downstairs cameras, nothing. As my heart is beating out of my chest, I say, okay, well, the power is out. And I heard my name being called again as I tried to send the message and now no Wi-Fi. Oh, no. I wake no. up my boyfriend because I am terrified and our car is like only a five second sprint from the front steps. So I throw on a t-shirt and he does too. And we get ready to unlock the door when he hears our names again. Then the sound of pacing, not running, pacing up the attic stairs, down the attic stairs, up the downstairs and down the downstairs. Voices coming from outside the door and the only thing protecting us was a lock. How did they do it? How did they get in? I did everything I could. I wasn't going down without a fight. I like that. My no. boyfriend and I only communicated with hand gestures and eye movements, formulating a plan until its shadow was crossed across our room with the big bay window in front and only two measly curtains covering it. And the curtains were doing a hell of a job to keep this nine foot linebacker, rotten egg MFer from seeing us. So we decided we couldn't do it even if we wanted to. Knowing it would be in the 90 degrees blazing sun at around 8 a.m. that morning, we got back into med and stared away from the window and kept an eye on the door. We had packed up that morning and left by 7.36 a.m. as fast as my Chevy Cruze could take us. We didn't stop, didn't check out of the Airbnb, didn't say a word until 12.39 p.m. that afternoon when we got back to Greensboro, North Carolina at a rest stop where we just held each other and sobbed for about 30 minutes. We have tried to have normal conversations after that on the way back to have luck, but just sat in silence after the second hour of trying to do so. We eventually got home and just laid in bed together until we eventually slept for 17 hours straight. He missed work and so did I. We didn't leave each other's sight for a week. And that, my friends, is the story of one of many Skinwalker Wendigo Not Deer encounters. Oh, Naya Nelson provided that to us. Yeah, Naya, thank you so much for that. So, so I like you didn't go down without a fight. And yes, let's let's do a little unpacking of this because yes. you know you say the not deer, but there are when to go there are cryptids that and are shifters skinwalkers, yeah, shifters, yeah, shape changers. I don't like using skinwalkers because that's the the Navajo, and the, you know this is an East Coast, so it wouldn't be the skinwalkers. It would be a similar creature. Uh, you know, even the wampus well, cat. Let's say, um, what is the word for somebody that shapeshifters? Let's yeah, yeah. instead of skinwalkers, yeah, let's yeah. say shapeshifters. It's very interesting that you guys encountered something and immediately felt not great about it. Like yeah. outside daylight time, not feeling great, especially. And we we've said this before on this show. Like, really trust your gut. Trust. Oh, yeah your gut if your gut says stop no go leave but it's kind of interesting that this all happened surrounding you guys and wasn't happening in the neighborhood you know yeah. and especially you know you think that you know they talk they talk about salting um uh entryways and stuff but for, to my knowledge that mainly protects against demons correct 
uh depending on your beliefs yeah exactly it's uh you know it is a very common uh appalachian witch tradition is to throw salt over openings and that goes back to it's it's the same reason the asian cultures throw rice over the doorways why some okay. of the americans blow cinnamon and blow things because it's it goes back i mean i love the x-files tackled it perfectly where uh all the vampires were obsessive compulsives so they have to count all the things and that's exactly what the salt is doing is supposed to be breaking you know they have to count all the grains of salt they have to count all these things and that's why you throw them on your entryways and stuff and that's why you do a circle of it around you because they would have to count it all before they could step in so you know more modern it's it's breaking the circle you know you can't break the barrier and all that but i i, I love that it goes back to that that uh, yeah. that and I think it also depends on where the openings were that, I mean, you talked about it getting in the attic. Did you go up to the attic to market with salt? Like, did you, but obviously this thing wanted something from you guys, whatever this thing was, but. It could be just something that wanted to taste your fear, you know, and that's, we, we discussed that. Uh, I, I'm waiting for Erica to hear the, 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 the Muncie family stories because you're going to, you're going to have comments about that. So. I'm sure I will, but there is definitely the taste your fear. There are many creatures that oh, live yeah. off of fear. They are called fear mongers and they will, you know, there are fear mongers, there are hate mongers, there are, you know, things that just feed off of emotions and they're like psychic vampires, but for specific fears and stuff. And they will do their best. That's why some people say, Hey, this, this house had a clown haunting it, but no clowns have ever died there or anything. And that just may be because you have a fear of clowns and it decided to mess with you, you know, so. Well, it's, it's so, it's interesting that you say that. I'm about to get off topic from this Wendigo story, mm. but it's also interesting the not deer thing because there are other creatures. There's one in Tennessee um, that looks like a deer on the side of the road, but when you look at it dead on, it actually has like a skeletal visage, mm. you know, and I, I, We'll look it up eventually, but there's a Tennessee cryptid that has the thing on, you know, the side of the road that looks like a deer. I forget exactly what the name of it is, um, but it's interesting when you were talking about kind of like the the Kelpie, the Katsu Kelpie yep. that people are seeing now more and more is how much can something manifest um, the fear that exists, especially when it's of a larger group, right? And is it becoming a thing because somebody talked about it, so now more people are willing to talk about it, or is it becoming a thing because we're making it a thing? And that's, here we are talking again about that fear monger type thing. This could have, the reason you thought not deer is because this thing knows you're afraid of them. And yeah. uh, and that's why these are becoming things. And uh, I think that's also uh, chupacabra in places where it's not supposed to be. I think that's these things psychically imprinting on you what you're afraid of you know and and brings them out that could even explain some alien sightings could explain some bigfoot sightings it's if you're afraid of these things it 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 can it can pull it in and that's why these people describe that sense of terror that sense of fear and uh even though it's not attacking them it's not doing anything beyond toward but this is definitely creepy as hell though no it's creepy as hell and i wouldn't want to be in that situation you guys made the right choice by leaving like our previous story the girl scout camp Yep. You know, sometimes speeding off in the middle of the night, like I know that was your first, like you were going to take it on in the middle of the night, but whatever it is, whatever's creating that, just remember that you need to be in a place of um, comfortability for yourself and yep. sort of your own power 
to do things and maybe running off in the middle of the night is not that and as as a practicing witch there you should know you know you get out of it what you put into it so again if you're terrified you're giving it your fear you know take the deep breath call on what you believe and protect yourself that is it's just how these things work exactly and if you guys another thing i have a friend that is also practicing witch and one of the things she does is you know, there are different um, things throughout every religion that have degrees of protection, whatever that happens to be. If you're going to go into a place that you don't know, take whatever protection is with you, whatever that happens to be. It might be a blankie from your childhood. Whatever your um, totem for protection and strength is, take that with you if you're going to go explore. Even if you don't think anything's going to happen, and likely it won't, but if it does, give yourself a, a moment of power when, when you go do that. Okay. So Mark, I'm going to read the final one, which is an email, but I think it's going to open a conversation for us. You ready? I'm excited. Yes. Okay. Hi, Mark and Erica. Hi. Hi. I recently discovered your podcast and I really enjoy your stories. We're glad to hear that. As a lifelong Floridian, I know most of the stories, but I still enjoy your take on them. Oh, well, I'm glad to hear that. As for the plane crashes in the Everglades, were we discussing that? No, um, that was actually from one of my old TV episodes. So I assume they must have found those too. So okay, I was like, I don't remember discussing plane crashes. No, but... this is a future episode uh, of the podcast. So, uh, okay. but I had just done it for the Erie Travels TV show, so that's why I didn't want to go back into that too soon. But we'll come around to it. Okay, okay, we'll make a note of it. But as for the plane crashes in the Everglades. There is a legend that says a Seminole chief cursed the land 200 years ago because white settlers had killed many members of his tribe in an effort to drive them out of the area. He said that until as many white men died as Seminoles were killed, there would be a tragedy swath on the land. Flight 401 and 592 both crashed in very close proximity to each other. Have you heard of this legend? Angie yes. Sweets. That is so, Angie, that is thank you for this question. Yes. We're so glad you love the podcast. Um, and we love you. Um, yeah. Mark, have you heard of this? Oh, well, I, I think this was my episode on the ghost of flight 401. Uh, and we will talk about that in a future podcast episode. That is way too much to go into here at the end of these nice, wonderful listener tales. But um, there were two plane crashes in this middle of the Everglades within a, a mile of each other uh, over a you know a few decades apart. But still, the fact that they both crashed in the same area, similar circumstances, um, is interesting. Um, 592 has a memorial. Flight 401 does not. Um, but the Seminole chief that cursed the land, there were two that this is attributed to. One is Billy Bowlegs, which is probably one of the best named chiefs ever. And then the other is Chief Tiger Tail. And Tiger Tail is the one that this is generally considered to be part of because he was the one who really hated, you know, the white man. And, you know, after being forced down here because we didn't want Florida, we we shoved all of the natives to Florida. We took them out of the Cherokees. We took them out of the mountains and sent them down to Florida. Florida's terrible. Let the Spanish deal with them. And then the Spanish gave us Florida. And then suddenly we were like, oh, wait, Florida's got nice weather and and we can grow stuff here. We just got to get rid of all these pesky natives. So that's what the Seminole Wars were about. And it's one of those bits of history that we ignore because we weren't on the right side of it. And um, 
Yeah, and that's all. And even Florida history books don't talk about it much, which is crazy to me. Well, um, is there a link that we can put towards it? Can we find one and put it in our show notes so well, I'm people sure we can, can get educated in it? Yeah, so we'll, we'll do that. Um, and we'll do a further episode on the plane crashes and stuff, and we'll go down the rabbit hole with some education. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Flight 401 is amazing. Uh, it had a TV movie starring Ernest Borgnine uh, about the ghost of Flight 401. Uh, and then uh, and then Flight 592, another terrible tragedy. Uh, sadly, no ghost stories about that one. But well, that's not sad. That's good. But uh, it's but it is in that same area. There is like a proper phrasing here, Mark. Let's there not is get a ghosts lost, every time. The, the Seminole tribe is still down there. Uh, Mikasuki are still down there. Uh, they have. Uh, a few reservations and they have a land down there called the land, the city of the dead, which is where tiger tail is buried. And that's where this legend of his, you know, until enough white men die, you know, and then so many people go missing in the Everglades every day that it's uh, it's one of the number one places. And it's not on the mammoth cave system. See, I brought it back around, brought it back around. No, no caves there, but a lot of swamps and a lot of gators, uh, there's an abandoned missile silo out there from the Cold War days. There's a lot of crazy places that bodies have been found and and all that. So there's there's more going on than meets the eye in the Everglades. And while you're down there, we'll give you our our, our travel for today. Go visit Dave Sheely at the Skunk Ape headquarters on the original Alligator Alley in Everglades City. So uh, you can go down there see the second world's second largest uh, python, second largest snake and uh named goldie she's beautiful and uh you can also talk to dave shealy about his skunk ape sighting and his uh videos down there and it's a great little place to stop and it's a campground so it ties into our campground too so you can camp out there and look for skunk apes it's amazing well we'll include how to do that as part of the travel part because a lot of the other things we've discussed today we absolutely do not want to um have you traveled there because it doesn't seem like that went well for people so We'll do that. We'll have some education around this legend that we'll include in the podcast notes so you can get yourself educated because history is important, regardless of whether or not you're proud of that history. You have to learn from it. And we love listener tales. Please, please, please always share listener tales with us. More of these. Yes. More, 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 more. We'd love to do more of these. Novels, gang. Short ones are fine. We're good. So, but... Either way, either way, we'd love to hear more stories. And Mark, I think that's it, right? For this, this. I think, I think that's, I mean, how do we top that? I mean, that was, that was all incredible stuff. I mean, we had everything there. Uh, and so, you know, we had UFOs, we had, uh, you know, alien encounter, we had paranormal encounters, we had not Girl Scouts, haunted Girl Scout camp. I mean, this is, this is everything gang this is what we live for you know we even had some mandela effect come on yeah this is what we're here for so uh thank you all so much for listening as always uh you know paranormality magazine as always if you go to their website paranormalitymag.com use the code travels or just follow the link in the show notes and get yourself your 10 percent off and uh get get news like this get stories like this every day and then get the magazine once a month with the really in-depth stuff. And uh, you can get some of the old back issues. Some of them are incredible. There's this one that has this, you know, uh, in-depth author preview with this guy named Mark Muncy. He's cool, I hear. Okay, and, uh, I don't know how you bought brought this show wrap-up to being all about you. Seriously. <laughs> how did you do that? 
and you can find us on all the things please follow us on youtube if you if you're listening to us on the podcast stuff because hey we uh, we, we we throw some stuff up there from the old tv show and we've been doing our travel videos up there follow us on all the socials and uh again thank you to our sponsors thank you to destiny beard for the wonderful music as always and we're going to be interviewing her soon i'm excited so yes. uh and as always erica do you want to say anything else no, I, I, I'm waiting for you to talk about yourself more. wrap up the show. One of the two options. All right. All right. All right. Well, that, with that note, gang, we'll see you on the other side.